There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And tonight we'll be discussing episode 10 of season 5, sadly, the last season, of The Magician. Yes, we did get notified by Sci-Fi that they are canceling The Magicians after the end of this season. I am so distraught. Because with it coming so late in the season, this announcement. Yep. And the way everything is kind of ramping up, there's no way we're going to have good closure. No. I think we're going to have a cliffhanger like we did for Dark Matter. Oh, no. I know there's petitions going around, Save the Magicians. If that ends up happening, I will be so happy. Yes. I just, I don't know, because the actors seem so... I don't know. Not that they don't have hope, but they're saying goodbye to all of us. If you see right. our Twitter videos Those. and they are heartbreaking. Yes. Where am I going to get my snarky Margo comments now? I know. Because Margo was not this awesome in the book, even though she wasn't Margo. She was Janet. But right. I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But for now, let's talk about some ratings news, shall we? All righty. Episode 10. The numbers aren't getting any better. Brought in a 0.07 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.308 million viewers, making it the 128th rated cable show for the day. I really think people are so ticked off. They are not watching and they'll just watch it all later. Right. Which Binge I feel like that doesn't, episodes. Make, that doesn't no. make our case. No, it doesn't. But why? <laughs> so let's get into episode 10, Purgatory. And you're going to love this. Margot learns to project, Josh goes to the spa. Oh my god, they're going (laughs) to troll us to the very end. They are. All right, sci-fi, I see you. Yes. So we'll start in the room. Unknown location. Penny and Plum are stuck in a room stuffed with antiques galore. Of course, the circumstances are wonky, so casting spells is like playing Russian roulette. And not only that, but our duo can't utilize their traveling abilities Uh, well to be honest penny couldn't anyway but yes later on we see a dude named elpheus pop in for a chat what you're gonna give us a new character in episode 10 yeah well we got the couple last episode i know they need to quit doing this mid-season yes now he's a time traveler like plum and he considers himself to be the unofficial protector of space-time. No, you're not a doctor. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I love that because the reference that Plum made at some point. Yes. And with Plum being British, I'm like, yes! This is the best. (laughs) Now, did he actually say unofficial at this time? Or he just kind of left it vague, right? Yeah, he left it vague. Okay, that's what I thought. 
Because it was at the end when we find out he's unofficial, right? Yes. And he's the one who sent the signal exclusively for Plum. Then why did it do so much damage to Penny when he first listened to it? Right. Because when Penny says, uh, hello, he's like, oh, you were just a hanger on. It's like, it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Or because of all the circumstances, are his powers, Eliphas's powers, also getting a little wonky? I think that's probably more it. Or here's another. Let me put on my tinfoil hat. Hold on a second. Or does Penny have a latent ability we were not aware of? Now, that could be also very possible. Okay, let me take off that hat now. (laughs) (laughs) Now, he orders her to refrain from time traveling. Oh, sure. Okay. Now, he informs them that he's well aware of their meddling with the affairs surrounding Hyman Cooper in the 1920s. And their actions are wreaking havoc on space-time. The continuum? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Put all of our shows in here. That's right. And he reveals that he shares a rare blood condition with Plum. And that's their ability to time travel is finite. Now, Plum had already said she doesn't know how she does it. It's strictly accidental. Yeah, she hasn't perfected her traveling abilities yet. So this last episode was all on accident. It wasn't on purpose. And he's making it sound like it was all on purpose. And I thought it was interesting, too. When he said, you messed up and you changed up with Hyman. But what if they didn't? Yeah. Because it made sense when Plum was saying, or Penny, now I can't remember which one said it. What if they were the ones that stole the body and hid it? Right. So it may not be, and he may just be lying because he- I think so. He has something up his sleeve that I'm sure is not good. Right. And their ability to time travel is finite. That's interesting. Apparently, whatever this blood condition is runs out. Does that make any sense? So they can do a whole lot at once and then they're done? Do they die? I mean, what's up? Right. Exactly. We're not getting any information from this guy. I'm so surprised. Yes. Thus, every time Plum travels through time, she utilizes a fraction of said ability. So he gives Plum an offer she can't refuse. The chance to take it all away. And up pop a chair that can deplete Plum of her time-traveling gift, but only if she fully acquiesces to it. Now, this was interesting. Right. Because he didn't really explain. Does it also mess with her regular traveling ability? Right. So, naturally, Penny and Plum are rightfully irked, so Eliphas gives them a moment to contemplate. Yeah, a moment. Yeah. Now we check back in on them a little later as they're still stuck there and time is stretched on in an endless stream of tediousness. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too because Plum actually says, I don't even know what day it is. But I mean, the good thing that we're here, we don't get hungry and we don't have to pee. But Right. So you could actually just be there for an hour and it feel like forever because there's no windows, no doors kind of thing. Right. You have no way to measure time. Penny's actually made marks on the wall trying to count the days, and he thinks it's been a month. But truly has no idea. No. And Plum ponders taking up Eliphas on his offer, much to Penny's chagrin. But finally, she puts her foot down. They're never going to get 
out unless someone makes an executive decision. I thought that was interesting that Penny really had more desire to have Plum have her powers and right. not be taken away by someone That's else. Funny. And I think it's because of his situation. Right. And even if this is life or death kind of thing, Penny's like, no, we'll just deal with it. And I think at that point, Plum is like, if we don't get out, I'm going to go crazy. Right. And she decides to take one for the team and plops down in the chair with the mechanism meant to remove her time-traveling ability. And we come back and we see Plum is growing increasingly weak from the mechanism. And Penny notices that her time-traveling essence is being collected in a bottle in the back of the chair. Yeah, okay, if you're just getting rid of it, why is it being collected? Exactly. Elpheus reappears, and Penny notes that his hand is shaking. The Hmm. sign of an addict itching for the next fix. Because he had noticed Plum's hand started shaking the lower (laughs) her essence got. Right. So, okay, I definitely don't think this guy's working for any higher up. No, he's out for himself. And, of course, Penny accuses him of that, and... Eliphas reveals that the threat to time space is legitimate, but yes, the time-traveling essence is for him. Yeah, I don't think I would believe a single word he says. Right? So Penny demands he release Plum and allow them to go home, despite the fact that she hasn't been fully depleted of her ability. Oh, yeah, I love it because it's like, well, let's see, you can let us go home. Or I can smash this. And when Penny looked like he was going to drop it, oh my god. Yes. An addict to say the least. Yes. And so Eliphas agrees to this and accepts what he can get. So be wary, all you time travelers. Right. And yes. A blood-sucking lunatic out there. <laughs> Looking around the room, it's like, hmm, maybe you shouldn't have went and gathered up all these little pieces of everything. Right. And you what wouldn't have did been... you change? Right. Who did you deplete? And I love that he does say, because at one point Plum was like, why didn't you just ask for help? And he's like, I tried that before and it never goes well. Okay. How many did you ask? How many right. did you try? Not everybody is the same. Yeah. So how many other time travelers have been drained by this lunatic? Right. And then how does it affect them in everything else? Not just traveling, right. just yeah. in their magic. Exactly. So we pop over to Fillory, where we open the episode with Josh coming face-to-face with the Dark King. And DK is not too pleased with Josh's contribution to the assassination plot. Yeah, so apparently he really did know about everybody. Yeah. So DK gifts Josh with the strange amulet, casts a spell on it, puts his blood on it. And he freaking out. Yeah. And then tells Josh he's going to miss his cooking and six a take on him. And as the taker drags Josh to wherever. Right. I don't know about you, but there was a whole stream of cuss words coming out. I'm like, oh, absolutely. No, you're not killing off Josh. Josh. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. I was so ticked off right now because I did not know what was happening. Obviously, that was the point. Right. But still. This was going to be a big Josh episode and you're going to kill him in the first two minutes? No. I was losing my mind, I'll tell you. Yeah. So we go pay a visit to 
Elliot, Julia, and Charlton in the Florian jail. I love that Charlton is just kind of there chilling still. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, Julia is irate that their cell is magic proof. You can tell the pregnancy is starting to wear on poor Julia. Yes. In fact, she's so angry that she can suddenly hear a different voice inside her head. Oh, my God. (laughs) That was so awesome. (laughs) I love it because it turns out to be Charlton's voice. Yeah. (laughs) And it's actually in Penny's head. And when everybody figures out, oh, my God, she can hear me. And then she's like, what is a Charlson? Or Because she said the name wrong. Right. She's She's like, whatever. And Elliot's just like, huh, you can hear that, huh? Elliot right. is just still so calm with everything. I'm like, do you still have your unlimited flask happening? What's going on? Right. I just thought it was and hilarious because Julia was freaking out. Oh, yeah, she really was. And sure enough, they figured out that Julia's baby has some psychic abilities. Yay. Which could mean... It's also a traveler. That would be handy right about now. Yes, it was. Now, Elliot vaguely recalls attending a lecture at Breakbills regarding magical intercourse. Oh my god, this whole scene (laughs) was so funny. It was. Now, of course, he was incredibly high, so he's not sure how much he can actually remember. But Charlton volunteers to go in and replay (laughs) Elle's memories. I love it because when he sits down, we have Dean Fogg lecturing, and Dean Fogg's like, who the hell are you? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you're not a student. He's like, yes, I am. I'm Todd. I did the face thing. Yeah. <laughs> and you just hear Dean Fogg, Todd. It's like, right. nobody likes poor Todd. No. You feel so sorry for him, like, as the series goes on, because it just gets yeah. funnier as it goes. Yeah. And we see a younger Elliot and Margot sitting in the back making snide comments the whole time. Now, of course, it's great that he's telling them about, you may think it's a human, but it's not. And oh my <laughs> go, God. What? <laughs> I know. Like the more he's going, it's like, oh my God, what have we not seen? Right. I really wish we had more time. Yes. And of course, Charlton el- elicits an answer to our trio's Condry from Fog, but not the one he truly needed. Which I love this because Charlton's asking questions and Dean Fogg very much like what is that movie? iRobot. He's like, right. this is a memory. Right. Yeah. And so memory Margot, which I even in the memories, she's amazing. Yes. Why don't you ask how to not do something and then do the opposite? It's like right. duh. <laughs> like, oh Margot. So back in the jail cell, Charlton reveals that the baby goes into protection mode when Julia feels intense emotion or when she feels she's in imminent danger. So if the boys scare her, then perhaps the baby will find a way to extricate Julia from the cell to protect her. Yeah, but hopefully Boy, is just, this hilarious. just close enough to, so she can help the guys out. Right. Not like all the way home. Yeah, so next, Elliot attempts to elicit spell ingredients from a white spire guard while Julia Fane being on the brink of labor. That was hilarious. It was. And of course, the guard buys it and brings back the stuff that Elliot told him to get. 
Yeah, I'm sorry, because that guard's face. He's like, well, yeah, whatever, if you want blood, literally, on your hands. The guy's like, ah! Right. <laughs> Run away! And later on, Elliot utilizes a spell to make Julia believe she's in danger. The scenario involves her water breaking and Julia feverishly attempting to flee outside the jail cell. I was freaked out. Oh, yeah! Because I was like, oh my god, this is going so wrong! <laughs> oh, never mind. Yeah, while Julia's water didn't actually break, the misplaced fear acted as a catalyst for the baby to use its abilities. Now, of course, once Julia discovers the truth, she's not a happy camper with Elliot, and he urges her to use that anger. And woo, she's outside the cell. See, I was a little worried for Elliot right here, though. Because what if right. the baby did something else? Like, you right. don't know what other powers the baby has, Elliot. You exactly. could be in big trouble. <laughs> now, much later on in Fillory, we see Josh and Ash emerge from the underworld elevator in Fillory. But they're greeted by a macabre scene, a slew of dead takers strewn before them. What? Yeah, what the hell is going on here? And what we find out later on, this is not good. No. So we rewind to earlier with Josh as he wakes up in a film noresque desolate wasteland. Unfortunately, he's not alone. Taker lunges at him, but Josh's amulet repels it and ultimately kills it. And again, what? Yeah, had to be DK's blood on the amulet. Interesting. He knows they like shiny things. I don't know why he kept giving all sorts of people to it, though, if he right. had a way to kill them. Well, I think he's, from what we have discovered, he has a, a plan. <laughs> Not a good one. No. Now, of course, Josh realizes he has Margot's fairy eye in his possession, so he attempts to contact her. Oh, my God. With his Margot pro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's so cheesy. Yes. But at least but we know so he's Josh. alive. Right. Ish. Now next, Josh stumbles into a little girl named Ash. She was one of the Florian children snatched by the takers in Garden Variety Homicide. And she tells him that her pals disappeared in a metal monster that goes ding. I'm like, I hope that's not like a crockpot or, or like yeah. a fryer. But when she shows him, Josh is like, wait, there's an elevator? It's like, well, anything's what? better than here, apparently. Right. So they embark to get to the elevator, and the taker grabs Ash, and Josh is able to lure it away with his amulet, and they make a run for the elevator. When Josh gets in, he notices only one button. And what does it say? Underworld. Oh, no, this can't be good. <laughs> uh, is this the elevator everybody else has come down? Because somehow I feel like everybody would have been a little bit more distraught coming through that taker realm. Oh, absolutely. But, of course, the taker spots them and starts running towards the elevator. So, underworld it is. Yeah, anything's better than creepy taker guy. Got it. Yep. So they end up in a lobby, and there's a plethora of Underworld Metro cards in a basket, and the dead are instructed to snag one. So I love the guy who comes out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Josh tries to tell the guy that 
they aren't dead. They're here by mistake. And Ash puts on the crocodile tears display, which sends the underworld worker in search of a superior. Which was really funny. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> Josh is going, no, no, you're all right. I'll take care of you. Oh, no, I do this all the time. Right. And he's like, you made her cry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, go get somebody. And Penny Forty emerges and is taken aback to find Josh in the underworld with a little girl. This was great. I'm like, oh, my God. So we get our original Penny. Who, yes. Who has grown. And he just is so different from the Penny. Yes. That we've been seeing absolutely. so far and what we've seen originally. So it was like. It is so weird how he's played these different versions of himself. Yes. And Penny Forty reveals that he can't help Josh since Hades has vanished from the underworld. Excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> how do you just Say, what? vanish from your area that you're in charge of? Yeah. The god has also cut off all contact to the topside library, meaning that if Josh were to file a dispute citing that he isn't dead, then said dispute would... Never be processed. That was funny. Yeah. <laughs> you can file a dispute. What? Even if you're kind of, sort of dead, you have paperwork? What the hell? <laughs> so Josh urges Penny 40 to reveal Hades' local haunts to him so he can track down the god himself. And that's when Penny enlists the aid of a familiar face. Oh my gosh. This yes. is so funny. Because we haven't seen him in so long. Yeah, good old Benedict. Fillory's dearly departed map maker, of course. At least he's not still chilling in a tent somewhere. Right. Now, Benedict reveals that Hades demanded he refrain from drawing a map of the gods' lavish living spaces. But. That leaves a glaring hole on Benedict's maps. So, off they go. I love that because Benedict was like, well, I couldn't draw it, but I drew everything else. So, guess I kind of did. <laughs> know where it is yeah. <laughs> and he had that picture that was drawn of penny and himself right and i love it because as they're talking josh is like yeah penny come on don't be a jerk you should totally answer benedict and you just see penny looking at the picture like the hell is that yeah <laughs> yeah penny 40 is all business now he's not even socially and we even saw when he first got there he went ahead and joined the others for their meeting. Right. But now he's all business. Well, he got promoted. Yeah. But it was just so interesting. And I am not 100%. So if you're listening, you can totally correct us. I thought that Arjun had tweeted out that that was actually fan art. I could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're probably right. But that's so cool. Yes. So they head off to one of Hades' hideouts and... Boy, is this place lavish. Oh, my gosh. I love how Josh is like, oh, this is Himalayan sea salt. You can use it for this, 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 this. Yeah. And Penny's <laughs> like, hello, eye on the prize. <laughs> and they run into an employee of Hades who claims that he just up and left. And the god revealed that he may or may not return to the underworld. Say what? This, this is can't like, be good. No, this is like your place. Yep. Fortunately, Josh spots a wallet that contains an address crawled on the card. And the address is in Queens, New York. Wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? We keep going back there. I feel like this is a big, big deal. Right. But he, of course, uses his Margot Pro to get that 
information to Margo and the group. Oh, my God. And speaking of them, we'll head on over to Earth, Break Bills, uh, Queens. Top side. <laughs> yeah, top side, whatever you want to call it. And we see that Alice has all of her fingers on her right hand again. Or does she? I don't know. This was weird to me. She called them ghost fingers. Yeah, that's why I'm like, were they able to connect it? But they weren't able to fix it fully. Because remember when Fog's fingers were all jacked up from yeah. the beast? They were able to fix them. Because didn't he take one off or something? Or did he just like crush his hands? I can't remember. Yeah, I think he just crushed his hands. Okay. But yeah, to me, when she said ghost fingers, to me, it just seemed like it was illusion magic, but I may be wrong. Well, yeah, I didn't know if it was that or if like they're attached, but. But aren't working. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, we know that they aren't working because her right hand is essentially useless when it comes to spell casting. So that makes her basically useless as it usually requires both hands. So. This is interesting. Now Alice she's is... going to be feeling soon. Right. Now, Alice has lost all her abilities. Now, of course, Katie is immensely grateful for the sacrifice Alice made to save her, and she vows to take down the dude who tortured her. Yeah, you're going to have to do better than that. Oh, yeah. And Finn enters the scene, and you would think she was the one that was pregnant because she is overly emotional. Oh, my God. Treading over Elliot, Julia, and Josh still being in Fillory. And eating a <laughs> bunch of grilled cheese because she she had tweeted, yeah, I got to eat a whole bunch of grilled cheese for this scene and just cry. <laughs> She's like, this was the easiest day ever. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> I was just cracking up because you just keep seeing her eat, eat and walk away. <laughs> right. Now, Margo wakes up in immense pain and it happens to be because her fairy eye is in a realm it shouldn't be in. Well, crap on toast. Yes, this is not good because her nose starts bleeding profusely. And fortunately, Alice has an idea. So when we check back with them, they are at break bills. The only place that they can do proper magic right now. Right. Margo yells, wastebasket. And <laughs> Katie was on it. Yes, Katie jumped on it immediately and got it there just in the nick of time. I love everybody's like, what? And Katie's like, yeah, obviously you guys have never had withdrawals happen. Yes. And Alice reveals that Margot's fairy eye tether is wearing thin and they must sever the connection before Margot suffers permanent mental damage. Oh, yeah. Margot's like, hell no. We oh, need to keep yes. track of Josh. Yeah. And... Katie's right there with the spell to knock Margot out. But apparently it's not going to last very long. No. It's like, wait a second. I mean, why isn't it lasting long? What's happening? So we see Alice has put a special crystal over Margot's eye hole. Okay, you're being nice. <laughs> she yeah. put this prism in her in eye hole. Yes. <laughs> because I think it's hilarious because when they talk to her, doesn't she say something like, I feel like my brain's a popsicle or something right now? Yes. <laughs> like a stick. That was the weirdest special effect and I'm sure practical makeup that they have done. Right. Because when oh, when she sets up, I'm like, what the hell? Yes. <laughs> it, it was just, it had a chill kind of going up my spine because it was so strange looking. 
Right. I love Movie it. night at the drive-in theater. Right? <laughs> because <laughs> it's bypassing whatever was causing the pain, but causing the prism then to work as a projector. So you see the light coming out of her eye and everything. And I love it. They're yes. like, hey, look, it's Josh. Ben, I know you don't know everything that's happening and you might be a little confused, but being so nonchalant about this image coming out of her head. Right. (laughs) It was weird. Yes, very. And he's still alive. Yay. But then he informs them that he's in the underworld and he can't get out. Oh, and then then let's twist the knife here a little. Yeah, because Katie sees Penny 40, her penny. Oh, my God. Oh. Yes. Like, okay, throw a little salt on the wound. Thanks. Yes. And of course, they can't hear anything, but they can read lips as Josh mouths that he is alive, and he writes down a message for the girls to ream. It claims they must find Hades. I love that they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> kind of the same way we all were. Yeah. So... Of course, Alice and Julia road trip time. Great. As they head to Queens and find Hades holed up in a dingy apartment. I swear to God, I thought that was the way it was set up. I thought it was a garage because I thought on the one wall, it was like a garage door. I'm like, is he living in a garage? What is going on? (laughs) And I didn't even catch everything, even as they're walking it through until Alice like reveals what she's seeing right it didn't even dawn on me yes and he didn't want anything to do with him but as alice looks around the room and figures out what's going on and tells katie he's in the same position she was with quentin and the light bulb goes off yes our lady of the underground was Hades' wife. Of course she was. I'm like so shocked. Like I said, it yeah. didn't even dawn on me. <laughs> no, of course. Our lady underground. Duh. Could have had yeah. a V eight. <laughs> <laughs> and Hades reveals that gods aren't meant to die, but on the rare occasion they do. Yeah, we've seen we've more seen than several now. Yes, more than our share of them. Where they go is unknown. Thus, Haiti is forever left with the knowledge that she's dead and that all there is to it. There's only an underworld for non-deities. That he knows of. Yes, that he's aware of. Of course, Alice tells him that Josh was dragged down to the underworld by the Takers, and he tells the pair that the Takers are essentially watchdogs. They guard the veil between the living and the dead. I thought that was interesting, though, because when she says it, he's like, what? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This is what happens when you disappear. Right. The Dark King has summoned them since he's trying to revive his lost love. Now, of course, Haiti drops another word bomb. Should DK successfully bring his lover back to life, he may risk reviving all the dead. And, and if the takers are topside, yeah. yeah, and unable to patrol the veil then all the dearly departed may bust through, which could mean the end of the world again. All of the world. Yes. Thus, Hades reluctantly agrees to save Josh. Okay, so at this point, I kind of feel, because he tells Alice and Katie, well, you have to clean up this mess, so before it's too late. Like, I feel like this would be the time for Alice to try to negotiate her fingers. Right. 
Like, oh, well, if you need me to do a whole lot more, I'm going to need you to fix my hand. Exactly. And maybe she did that off screen. (laughs) So next we see Penny and Plum popping into the apartment and Plum immediately collapses and Katie runs to attend to her. And we see Julia and Elliot are there as well, jail free, as well as Josh. But Penny is only focused on one thing. <laughs> that come Mouth from? on the floor. <laughs> I love this because yes. everyone's like, oh, good, you're back. Oh, my God, what's wrong with Plum? Josh, I'm so happy you're here. What? Like, that's what I feel like most people did when they seen Julia, but Penny took it to a whole nother level. Like, he went cartoonish. Yes. <laughs> Even though he didn't say anything. Like, I totally seen the big eyes and, yeah. Cartoon Penny could have totally happened right there. Oh, absolutely. And Julia tells him, uh, maybe we should talk. Maybe? Yeah. <laughs> maybe? Yeah, Julia. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. This episode it was so good. But revealing all these, like, new little nuances and the fact that we got the announcement before this episode. It's like, ah. Uh, yeah. Because you got Alice and Katie still focused on the couple and trying to get that page back because they want to, there's too many balls in the air. Yeah, there (laughs) is. It's just so much going on. I mean, I'm glad everybody's back together and hopefully we'll figure something out. But oh my God. Yeah, with three episodes left. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know how we feel and we want to know how you feel. So... Shoot us an email at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com and we can discuss it. Also, while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends about the show. I know there's not a lot we can do. We can keep trying to hashtag save the magicians and hopefully it'll do it. But tell your friends, have them watch all of it, and you can get the books because there's always books. Yes. And we, of course, hope you're enjoying the podcast. Because we enjoy doing it. So for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirl-S. And I'm Steve. I leave for a couple of months and everything goes to shit. And until next time.